0: Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 702 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, June 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and it's a Fireside Chat, which means I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going? What is happening? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, you know, we flipped the calendar to June, obviously. We did and you know baseball is baseball is in in full gear right now and you know what that what that leads to is a lot of uh, pitching volatility uh, you know that doing your list every week i had my updated ranks come out this week but also um you know a lot of young pitchers start to come up and and we've got an interesting group right now that are not major prospects in fact if you're not a Prospect person, you might not really be familiar with any of these four guys that we're going to give a look to today, because uh, it's not the Forest Whitleys, it's not the Jesus Lazardo's, um, even the Chris Paddocks of the you know Chris Paddock was a cut above, and of course we know what he's been doing this right. year. So it's four guys that are up, they're on their team's prospect list, but they're a bit further down the the grand prospect list. So we're going to go in order here. We're going to start uh, a couple AL Central guys. Zach Plesak, Devin Smeltzer, and then Pete Lambert from Colorado, and Jose Suarez from the Angels. Uh, I think it's a kind of a two-and-two two thing. The first two have a little bit more staying power, a little bit more intrigue. The other two, a little bit more challenge, but we'll get into that. Let's start with Zach Plesak, not Dan Plesak's kid, but rather his <laughs> nephew. Uh, he's been regularly attributed as his kid, which I understand it's the name and that's what people think. But no, it is his. it is his nephew. And you know he's come up. He actually didn't make their their um, top thirty prospect list that we did with Kylie uh, that that Kylie and Eric did on the website for Cleveland. He was you know he's kind of a notable guy. He was considered a changeup artist. They kind of. Had these groupings on their prospect of note, which I like by the way, not just putting them all together. Like, here's a group of catchers who could probably come up and catch. Here's some power relievers. Here's some changeup artists. Here's some guys who have a breaking ball. He was under. He being Zach Plesac was under the changeup artists. Well, he's come up so far and put up two really good starts. Obviously, we know it's not going to maintain at a 1.46 0.81 ERA and WHIP level. But what do we have with 24 year old Zach Plesac, and how much staying power is there, Nick?
1: So what I'm seeing from Polisac is uh, it's really a fastball changeup. He does have a bit of a breaking ball, but it's not
0: really a significant one to me. I would have laughed if you said his changeups the worst.
1: That's interesting.
0: Since, since he was under the changeup artist, but um, I mean, it's, it's decent. It's I mean, it's it hasn't really been that great thus far. I could
1: see it his, fastball is, his
0: fastball is his fastball's Well, right, is- that's
1: what's doing everything. Uh, I would say, like, if we're going to see an entire season, it probably will be a fastball changeup with the, with the slider curve. I think yeah. it's a slider, if I remember correctly. No, it's a curveball.
0: Well, it's, it's actually well, like, it's a mix of both, kind really. Of, yeah, it's like a it's a show-me. It's a show-me hybrid breaker, basically. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. So, it's, I mean, for example, pitch type has it down at 84, 85 of a slider, then at 79 for a curveball. But I've seen also, like, 82, 81 in there. Yep. So... Uh, what I like about Plesak is that his fastball is actually, it's a good pitch in that it's hard to pick up. He has the deceptive mechanics that's hiding it well, and he's able to, at times, really nail down the arm side location with it. And then I can imagine when the changeup is working, he keeps all that deception for that pitch that he's throwing the fastball on one spot. They think they have it, and all of a sudden it's a changeup that falls underneath. The yep. biggest concern for me, for, for Zach Plesak, is those deceptive mechanics generally speak to inconsistency, and that is he's located on the first base side of the rubber. His step towards home isn't in a straight line. It's across yep. his body. He's stepping towards the middle, even I would even say third base side at the end of it, which means now he's he's getting all of his torque, which is nice, but then the whole... Uh, release
0: is his body as opposed to going north and south and we should say he's a right hander so right so yeah that's very good point this, Thank you. <laughs> where he's starting from where he's stepping to and coming across that please Zach, is a righty you said he's starting first base step towards third rips it across his his body there uh, exactly. as a right
1: hander so so that generally speaks to inconsistency because it's hard to get the timing right throwing across your body from east to west or west to east than it is going north to south it's just smaller adjustments to change inside and out well, I mean, we've seen this before from, say, Jake Arrieta. We've seen it from the yes. the wild ride of Adam Adovino. These are guys that are extreme cross-body pitchers. And we've even seen it from Sean Manaya at times, actually, where they're, they're games where they just don't have their fastball command. And I could see that happening to Zach Plesac. So far, it hasn't, which is a good thing. And the more that he goes out there and doesn't have those problems, the more we're going to be happy about it and believe that he maybe can do this for an extended period of time. But now he's going against the Yankees. I don't really think that's going to be a start that I want to go after. It it could be one of those wake up calls for people. That's okay. You know what? Maybe I should get off this police act train. I think you can jump off it before that start, personally, for me.
0: Yeah. If you, you know, the, the, the pattern might have been that you saw the first start, you got him, had him for the second start. You jump off now and maybe you revisit. You know, he throws tonight, Friday, uh, Zach Blesak does against the Yankees. If he does something, obviously that's going to really encourage some folks. And I'm I'm fine with that, but I'm not testing that out in my own lineup, yeah, in definitely. really any format. Uh, he gets Cincinnati on, on Wednesday after that. That's no pushover either. You know, I totally agree with you on, on everything you said about uh, the potential to have the, uh, the inconsistency with his walk rate. I have been surprised – that he has such a good walk rate in the minors. Yeah. And I wonder if it's something where it's easier to challenge in the minors, of course. So once he starts to get in trouble, maybe he tightens up and just starts peppering the zone with more control than command. Well, that's and exactly
1: that's, right. That, that's the argument I would say is that it's he would be
0: more prone to just meteor pitches inside exactly. the zone. And, that, and if that happens in the majors, that's going to spell big trouble. So keep an eye on that. If that walk rate starts to inch up, his response for Pusek would likely be a lot of pitches in the zone, a lot of hittable ones, and he's only really fastball changeup. So, uh, you know, i say 15-team, you can have him on your reserve right now and kind of figure out what you want to do, especially after this particular start. Uh, and then we'll kind of figure out what we want to do with him after that. All right, so we're going to stay in division here and talk about Devin Smeltzer, who's part of the Twins. And by the way, one of the things maybe we should have mentioned with Zach Plesak, why I would keep him on a reserve roster and a 15-teamer is because of this division that he's in. Now, um, unlike Smeltzer, he would have to face the Twins eventually. But Smeltzer has an amazing situation because he's in the AL Central and doesn't even have to face the good team that they have. Yeah, that's a great point. So, um, smelzer came in and I believe he did. Yes. He was 22nd on the twins list, a lefty who they gave a 40 grade to nothing crazy. You know, it wasn't like, oh watch out for this guy. He's on, he's on the riser, uh, and ready to dominate or anything like that. Doesn't bring a ton of velocity kind of throws the kitchen sink at you, has a decent breaking ball. Supposed to have a solid change up too. came out, had that brilliant outing against Milwaukee. And yeah, I remember it was him and Zach Davies. And the game was zero zero through six, and I'm like, "What is going on in Minnesota <laughs> with those two offenses against somebody named Devin Smelter and Zach freaking Davies?" And I, listen, Zach Davies has been good this year. He's he's been good before. Maybe I should stop not you know uh, doubting him completely, but going into Minnesota this year, I don't care if you're you know I, I'm a little nervous if Max Scherzer's going there, let alone Zach Davies. So I was expecting fireworks, and we did not see that. Smelter held up. Uh, stood real tall against them Predictably came back to earth In a big way his next time out and pro- In fact pretty much made up for all of it And so he kind of smashed the two starts together And it looks a little bit more like you would expect Otis Meltzer smelter he went to the aforementioned uh, Cleveland Indians and they roughed him up They actually got four homers off of him For five runs on five hits Three walks two strikeouts uh, In six and a third So one brilliant start against a tough opponent. One poor start against a mediocre opponent. Where are we de- with Devin Smeltzer, and what do we got going forward? Anything, twelve team and lower relevant, perhaps, because that's what we're looking for here. If we could get it because of his team context.
1: So, so great questions. Lots of things to cover here. One, I'm with you on the Davies train. I think that's such a like a Vargas rule, essentially a tease. The, the separation between his. ERA and a Sierra is ridiculous. It's massive. It's, I think it's like 3 points. It's like a 2.20 ERA <laughs> and a 5 plus Sierra if I remember correctly. His his home run to fly ball rate's way down. The the changeup is way overperforming. It's it's wild. But then that same start, yes, yeah, Smelts dealt it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with with that first start against Milwaukee, And I remember even watching that. There were multiple Did you use that as
0: the headline by the way?
1: I didn't. No, no. I, I should yeah. have. I I don't, I don't remember what I did. I did something. I don't know. The, I like anyway, smells. I uh, continue. <laughs> anyway, uh his he would throw fastballs up when he didn't intend to often. Yes. And I uh, talk about elevated fastballs a lot, but it has to be in good sequencing. You have to yes. prepare for that elevated fastball. You can't just always throw it up unless you have like 95, 96, 8. then you kind of can. But Smeltzer doesn't have that, and sometimes those fastballs he wanted to be low and away actually got up, and the Brewers hit it to the warning track multiple times in that game. And it did speak to a guy that, okay, he's going to have some rough starts, but obviously his changeup's really good. He actually has this really nice breaking ball that falls in for strikes too. I like those things, and I could buy. I generally don't like uh, banking on deceptive mechanics to play into a higher velocity than the guy has i generally find that to be inconsistent not really as easily quantifiable as we want it to be so i don't for try sure. and put much weight on that i could imagine that that smelter's ninety ninety one could be ninety three ninety four theoretically
0: but, yeah like uh, uh, uh based on deception extension things like that is right. what nick's talking about and that helps the fastball play up you know a guy who's been great at that for years uh was david robertson he you know Folks might be surprised if you don't really follow the Yankees when he was in his heyday to learn, you know, he's not some burner. David Robertson doesn't throw a million miles an hour, but his his extension uh, was always so good that his ninety two mile ninety two ninety three mile per hour fastball played up and right. jumped on you like it was upper nineties. So so, so um,
1: extension's more quantifiable. That's that's one I will buy more into. I think the the ben case dissection. I've heard is like just the crazier mechanics uh, yes. of Smelter, uh, and I also hear a lot about guys hiding the ball well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's not I, we heard that about Kikuchi hiding the ball well. For example, doesn't always work out that way. So, uh, so I had some worry after that, but at the same time, I totally started him from that Indian start. And to see the other side of the coin As you as you brought up that these two starts are Smelter in a way. Uh, he gets the Tigers next. I think that's, that's still good. okay. I think that's yeah. fine. I'm actually surprised that Smoltz is still going. I thought that maybe Pinetti would be back by now, or that the twins would have skipped the start against the Indians because they didn't really need it. They could have had that day off and then pushed the. Rotation I kind of like that they
0: that they gave him a shot though to kind of see, hey, let, let, let's see here, because obviously they're working with they're working from ahead, right? So they can afford to maybe give somebody like a Smoltz or any of their other uh, mid tier arms there in, in the in the uh, excuse me in the minors. A shot and see what's up. Can we strike something here? Because the back end of their rotation isn't as strong. And I believe in some some of the um, front pieces for sure. Obviously, Barrios is Barrios. Um, Odorizzi, keep him limited yep. to two times through. Kyle Gibson, pretty much similar deal. Now, Tim Perez is really coming back to the pack. Yeah, definitely. And Pineda is just not good. Um, but after Smelter gets this next outing, actually, Nick, I don't think he's getting Detroit. No, he's not anymore. I think Pineda's already back. I'm looking here, right, on Rotowire, and when they put it in bold, that means it's a confirmed start. And this week, it's Pineda, Gibson, Odorizzi. There you go. So, so smelt, you, you, smelt you can it, move on dealt past dealt us, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I, uh, they, they smelt it against Cleveland, and they, they, they dealt it, <laughs> they dealt it back to AAA. Uh, but I, actually, let me see if he actually got demoted here. Right. Well, I'm seeing. Okay, I'm seeing
1: today some question mark. Um. No, yeah, now, yeah. Now I back. see it. Now I see it. Now, as Pinaya,
0: I just refreshed it. Yep. Actually, about about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> so literally just now. If you're wondering why we were caught off guard, there oh, that's ago, it literally funny. just happened. Okay. So, so there we yeah, go. I breakdown still does worth Come back. It. Yeah. Yeah. When he comes back, you know what you're dealing with here. It's like an AL only super deep mixer that you can maybe play into something uh for mixed leagues when he's playing the AL Central. So keep an eye on that, you know, we'll see. They've got plenty of health concerns like I mentioned Martin Perez. It's been really bad lately and so I don't think he's guaranteed to uh to last the entire season. But that's Devin Smeltzer. Let's move on. We got two more guys here. And maybe one of these guys will bypass Smeltzer in, in terms of the hierarchy here cuz they're both in the majors. Now, I I I've known the name Peter Lambert for a little bit and uh, I knew he came up. Honestly, I didn't pay enough attention to say oh i want to go see what he did in his start so i was streaming on twitch yesterday and like did you see what what lambert did today and i was like did the cubs run him did wilson Contreras hit nine homers i was like no i didn't you know how do he do and they're like he absolutely dominated so we pulled up the box i was like holy smokes yeah so in wrigley for his debut pete lambert of the colorado rockies seven innings one run on four hits and a walk nine strikeouts now what was the first thing i said pete lambert of colorado which already puts a black cloud over the expectations that you can have. Brilliant first start. Give us an idea what we're looking at with Pete Lambert and if there's any viability here, despite half of his starts being in course Field.
1: Sure. So uh, so anyone that reads my morning SP Roundup uh, will know that it was a bit late this morning. And anytime it's late, it's because I'm watching a lot more games. And I had to watch all of this. Just, I mean, this is ridiculous. All of a sudden, Pete Lambert, that I, I didn't really have any expectations for in... in Triple A the past two years, 22 games started in the worst field, that is home field yes. of Albuquerque, which is the worst. It's apparently worse than Coors. It is. Uh, it's, it's,
0: it's insane because it's smaller. It, it's and, ridiculous. the same sort of uh, environment as far as like, the ball flying.
1: I will say this, though. 0.81 home per nine in those 11 starts in 2018, but you still had a 504 ERA. Uh, high hip per nine of 11 to 12, 11.71. Ridiculously high. And not a high strikeout rate, oh. under 20% in both years. And eight point six percent swing strike rate was the highest he had. In How the do you judge as well. a right. starter there, though? Right. That, that's you know a good saying? point. So I mean, we don't really know what we're getting necessarily. High ground balls there. So I went into this I, as I often do when it comes to prospect pitchers. I just need to see him in the bigs once, and I can maybe assess this. Okay. Uh, obviously, given the track record, it's going to be present more skepticism necessarily if it doesn't, you know, if it's not line with what we've seen before. But So what I saw in the start was a guy that was a bit jittery for the first four innings or so. I didn't really know if that was him or not. He got himself in a lot of trouble but got out of it. It could have been a lot worse. It could, this could have been like a three-inning game of four, earned runs very quickly. And it By the wasn't. way, let me interrupt you quickly. Yes.
0: Don't, don't you kind of love that about baseball as we watch games and and just – I, I'm always I, I endlessly every year and I, I never stop being fascinated by the fact of like seeing a box score, having a preconceived notion of how that game went, watching that game and going, wow, that is not <laughs> yeah I how know. I thought that one was gonna go, uh, you know, and it, for both ways too. You're like, oh, that guy was way better than I thought. That guy was way worse than I thought. Yeah. I just love it, and I I will never stop being fascinated by how a start can unravel too. A guy's perfect through four, literally perfect, no base runners, six strikeouts ends up giving up six runs. It can just flip on a dime, and that's why I love this game, and I'm sorry to go off on this tangent. That's a fantastic fantastic ramble.
1: It sounds like you've watched a lot of Michael Fulmer.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's exactly – yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's probably where I had the epiphany of like, man, this is so much different than the box score. This is so annoying. But anyway, continue with Pete Lambert. So he was struggling a little bit, surviving – so how did he end up with such a brilliant start in the end?
1: Yeah, so he then he pulled it together. And his sixth and seventh innings were fantastic, and the overall package is this ninety-four mile per hour fastball that at times, I mean, when he was on point, the sixth and seventh inning, he was so well placed, arm side down and away to lefties, up and in actually to righties at times too, with a good changeup. This is a very—I was surprised it only had about five or six whiffs or so. I thought it got more than that. Really good drop on it. Deceptive, always low, rarely hung up. It was hung up a couple times when he went righty-righty crimes on on Chris Bryant. But then Chris Bryant then would fly it out to, to left field or something like that. So, I mean, he did he get it, I believe, a double. Hard. I believe he got okay. a double against him in the 5th or 6th on, on a hung changeup to Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant was ready for it at that point. But still, it was a very good pitch. Curveball is nice movement to a big vertical drop to it. I can see him focusing on that if the changeup isn't there. Slider and this is barely saw saw a bit of, but it's fine. I think that could be a weapon when he doesn't really have much else working as well.
0: This all matches the scouting report for Lambert, by the way, too. So I'm really glad to hear you say this. I mean, this is right in line with what Kylie and Eric had. They had 55s on the fastball and changeup. Uh, a 50 curve that could play into a 55 and then a 45 slider mm-hmm. so that sounds like exactly what you saw he he is you know in, in seven innings he is what uh what what the scouting report said with a 45 command that can vary up to 55 so it's really going to depend on his command of course that's going to be tantamount going into colorado right. uh, when he gets these cubs the next time out and obviously i don't want anything to do with that but this weekend we're gonna have to make bids on pete lambert so what kind of league type would you maybe uh, go for him and it, it, it stinks too cuz usually a guy has a dominant start and is set up for a two start you're excited to bid on him but it's against Chicago and San Diego both at home right and San Diego's no powerhouse but it's in Colorado and they do hit homers so um you know are you even if you can reserve him? Would you want Pete Lambert in a twelve, fifteen, and a only? What are we doing on the on the bids this weekend with Lambert?
1: Yeah, great questions. I uh, I would imagine the Rockies are going to roll with this just because there's Sensatella and Freeland who is sent to the minors. I have to imagine that Lambert is going to be better than Sensatella. Uh, I don't. I mean, I imagine Freeland returns at some point, but I would hope Sensatella is the one that moves then instead of Lambert because Lambert does have innately a better skill set.
0: Yeah, than, a legit than prospect too. Put Sensatello as a as a swing man, sure. Uh, you know, multi inning so, guy in the middle. Like he he has a role on the team, but I don't think he needs to be taking a starters.
1: Exactly. Role. So those that are worried about that, uh, about how many starts he'll get. He only did only have eleven last year, only sixty innings in the course of twenty sixteen, so we might not see him go uh actually I'm sorry, that I'm getting this completely wrong. hundred and forty innings last year, he's already has sixty this year. So actually okay. he should be safe as I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockies roll with him the rest of the year then. I Again, because he does have that skill set. Now, in a 12-teamer, I'm not going after this just because you're just going to have to pick your starts. You're not going to feel confident yeah. with him inside of cores. I could see him still doing well at times because it is a change of focus. Mm-hmm. Not breaking balls, so they, you know, generally breaking balls don't perform as well in the thin air climate of Colorado. I'm okay with it in 15-teamers. I think I would be bidding on him because yeah, maybe you want him on this week, but I can imagine a lot of weeks that you'll want to have Lambert in that lineup. Okay. Um, and yeah, of course, then for NL only, I think he is an ad right now.
0: And I think that uh, you'll be able to get Pete Lambert on a good price, too, because of Colorado and because of a 2 starting in Colorado. Folks are going to peel back a little bit. So if you do need some pitching help and you can kind of take on all comers, maybe throw a couple bucks on him, put him on your reserve here, especially if you can um, – you don't have to put the guy in as soon as you get him. You know, there's some leagues, like uh, industry leagues, when you get somebody off the wire, you have to use them that first week. And so no matter what. And so that makes it tough to go for a Lambert and have to take the two Colorado starts. So, uh, but yeah, I was I was intrigued by this. Great review of him. I definitely want to check out that start now myself. And I, I really would love to see if he can hold up, at least against one of them this week, uh, the Cubs and uh, Padres in Colorado for Pete Lambert. All right, let's move on to our last guy here, Jose Suarez from the angels. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I had never heard of Jose Suarez coming into this year, (laughs) which a failing on my part though, because he was our number two prospect from the angels. I actually was familiar with Griffin Canning, So this isn't just, you know, Paul's deficiency in prospects, which I try to improve every year, but you know, I knew canning. Um, I just didn't know Suarez, the number two prospect coming into the year, lefty. And, um, You know, looks like he's got three average pitches across the board here. Command is probably the issue. Can throw it a little bit from the left side. Sits 92, 94 with a spike up to 95. What do we got in Jose Suarez from the Angels, Nick? So so
1: the the craziest thing is he has a really good changeup. It 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 surprised me how good it is. Uh, By the way,
0: yeah. Theme uh, with all these guys, right? Yeah, it is. All of them had strong changeups, which (laughs) I love. I love when a young guy has a changeup.
1: Yeah, that was actually the ranking of him. The future value is a sixty of a changeup, the highest of anything for Jose Suarez, uh, in in the prospects report. I I don't I, I don't know how much the Angels are going to trust him. They they have this state of volatility right now. You have Harvey being Harvey. Uh, you have Felix. <laughs> the best Peña. way to put it. <laughs> you have oh, Felix Peña, Peña. man.
0: how annoying. <laughs> was I know that, that was the the
1: finally. I say you know what is a twenty five percent K rate. Let's go with it. Why not? And then of course and the start he does that.
0: Yeah, uh, I. Uh, I had my rankings, and they're like, what's your confidence in Pena? And I wanted to be old, little snarky snarkerson and just be like, I mean, look at his numbers. He's been fantastic. And I, I hadn't answered the, the comment, thankfully, because it just would have blown up my face. But, I, you know, <laughs> the, the real answer would just would have been, you know, he's been great as a, a middle guy. It helps him get wins. Since he's been uh, – this is Felix Pena. The last seven, quote-unquote, starts, his bulk-inning performances have been after an opener. Well, he's got three wins in them. 303 ERA, 37 strikeouts, in 32 and two-thirds. Goes on and gives up seven in an inning and two-thirds to Oakland. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, they've been using openers. Cahill hasn't been great. Really – Canning, Scaggs, and Heaney are the only three locked parts. So right. there's a spot here for Suarez, but he was sent out. So now exactly. we are waiting so have to, for him to come 10 back. days or so. Uh, but yeah, it is Trevor O'Cahill Now is
1: Irish doppelganger, <laughs> which is which is unfortunate. Now okay. I like that. But I uh, yeah. but no, I think Suarez honestly can be. I mean, you're talking about 15 teamers. The second thing he gets called back up, I think there will be a spot for him, and he can be fine. I, I don't I don't think he's really that 13% walk rate. His his fastball command wasn't great, but the changeup is good enough. And the, the breaking balls, I'm surprised he only threw them about 10% combined or so. It's kind of decent. I saw him spin one. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I'm okay with this. Uh, so once he starts using that more, maybe, maybe he throws his fastball only about 45% of the time and then uses a lot of changeups and breaking balls to make up for that. That'd that be nice. could be a, a recipe for success for Suarez. I don't think he's as bad as this 17%, 13% walk rate that you'll see from that 5.2 innings game that he yeah. started this year. Don't really look at that. I mean, it was a 15% swing strike rate. He's had really good
0: swing strike rates coming right. up through the minors for Suarez.
1: And you only see 20% in AAA this year or 21% in his 17 games in 2018. That might turn people away. I think there is something here at the very least. I mean, for 12-teamers, if when he does come up and gets stable, I can imagine him being you know, a streaming option often. If you want to get comfortable in that way, obviously there is a volatile floor here. His his whip has never sure. been good. And he's but, 21. Right. But I, I still think that he can take steps forward with this and maybe he changes his approach when he's in the majors. Maybe this could okay. work. Not to mention, you have guys like Heaney and Skaggs that really uh, embraced high fastballs with the low uh, breaking balls and, and change-ups. Maybe he starts adapting that approach. Maybe that is what works for him. To really unlock his potential. So I wouldn't count him out after the first start. Definitely milder when he comes back. And for those making bids. When he ever does make that uh, return. I would be bidding on him the second that he comes back a second time. Because so you yeah, have to think he sticks around then.
0: Oh he'll, yeah he'll be back. Uh, they, they'll find some time to bring Suarez, Jose Suarez back to the Angels. As we mentioned they've got too much volatility. Uh, you know for him to not come back anytime soon so hopefully he gets to come back in relatively short order we get another look at him and see what he's able to do uh you might be able to stash him now in in you know like even an al only which is probably obviously uh his best format because it's so deep maybe you can get on the suarez train now if your league allows you to pick up minor leaguers throw him on the reserve stash him because i don't think he's going to be down that long i just right i don't I, think I so either don't. i would
1: have even guessed this weekend i'm
0: like oh right 10 days you gotta wait 10 days yeah. and unless there's an injury unless there's an there, injury i don't
1: think there has been
0: right? there there hasn't been yeah, okay. um but it's the angels right you know and, and that's just kind <laughs> of oh, don't don't they, do that you know. don't
1: throw that juju around uh,
0: I, yeah, I don't want to because i don't you know yeah, i don't I want I do to do it all the time it's it's don't fun it hurt <laughs> uh, but you know if they could get some pitching, I, I just I want Trout in the playoffs. So I know, I've become like do. a de facto uh, Angels fan trying to find the rosiest outlook for their stuff. And like this year coming in, I was like, you know, they got a pretty decent lineup and it's actually panned out to be pretty decent, although for not reasons that I, like, I did not have Tommy LaStella and yeah, David Fletcher exactly. being the key pieces. But I'm like, you know, they got a decent little lineup. If, uh, you know, Skaggs, Heaney and one of Cahill or, or Harvey can do some things and, you know they're they're right there 30 and 33 they're, they're they're on the cusp of being able to push for some potential wild card but it's it's still not a great team so right. I, I don't know what they're going to do they are building a farm system of of note though and so we'll see if they're able to do anything this year cuz again i just want trout in the playoffs and if jose suarez can be a part of that i'm here for it nick that's going to be it that's going to be four young pitchers is there anybody in the minors that you're keeping an eye on just kind of waiting for them to get called up uh, sorry to spring that on you but no, that's uh, fine. is there anybody I mean, yeah, I have I have my
1: general list. Of course, you have like Mitch Keller, you have Alex Reyes, you have Dylan Cease, you have Zach Gallon. We're waiting for Jesus Soto
0: to be healthy. You threw a little group onto the list now that right, of of guys you're watching
1: because of course, why shouldn't we be considering that? And you know, if it's twenty percent or ten percent owned in your leagues, like might as well consider stashing a guy. So I threw them on at the end, just like hey, these people exist. But but generally, when it comes to stashing prospects, I only go for the ones that are overwhelming that are a clear cut to be studs for your leagues. Because otherwise, we really don't know. I mean, with a lot of these in yeah. the we today, we're still unsure even though they're they're here. So if you're stashing them, they have to be a pristine uh, prospect for me to even consider it.
0: Nick, there's one team in the majors that's used the same five starters all year. Do you know that team?
1: <laughs> what team? Say that again.
0: There's one team in the majors yeah. that's used the same five starters all season.
1: Oh, man. Oh, I can do this. Can do this. That would be. Oh, I want to say it's the Chicago Cubs.
0: No? Incorrect. Incorrect. Oh man! I give you three guesses. So that's one down. If you get this, dude, you're right here. <laughs>
1: um. All right. It would be funny if it was like the Orioles. Um. It's not. I'm. Mean, that's not a guess. I know. It's not the Orioles. I know. I know. Uh. All right. It is the. Now the Rangers have used a false starter or, or an opener.
0: Yeah, see that 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 mucks it up for right? for uh, for teams. And I will say it, it's since you've only you only give one guess for, for your last two. I'll give you a clue. Okay, um, it pertains to one of the prospects that you that we were just naming there in that group. That's why I brought it up. Oh, it's the Miami Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. <laughs> it's insane. It's, in, it's incredible because I mean, we expected Alcantara to, to disappear. Of we course. Expected,
0: uh, uh, we didn't know if Caleb Smith would even be back in time. Correct. Pablo Lopez had some volatile moments there oh, where man. he thought maybe he'd get skipped or something. I
1: will be the one that will remind everyone about my four ERA floor here. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I corrected yeah. it later to what? Like four three? But yeah, I yeah. still am not proud
0: of that. His velocity but, uh, was gone. It's fine. Yeah. You know they they've been they've been pretty good uh you look at it jose reña 414 uh sandy Alc- alcantara 380 trevor richards 353 these are the, their eras caleb smith 341 pablo lopez 452 and yet pablo lopez has the best fip of the bunch so he's got the worst ERA. best fip skills are saying to hang on but yeah i mean that's it's hard to do and they probably won't make it through the full season it's just. Teams just don't do that anymore. But at this point, on June 7th, Miami Marlins, only team to use wow. all five starters so far this year.
1: That's when you said 3.8 ERA for Alcantara. I had to go look it up. I just Isn't I couldn't wild. believe that. It's a 15.5% K rate, 5.51 Sierra.
0: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. Make uh, it. I mean, he's,
1: uh, he's a, he's a raw. Player. That's, yeah, that's the thing what I was gonna say. It. Exactly like he will have those moments. He did the first game of the year, and then he didn't for what like seven starts. Yeah, it, it this is this is a case. I mean, it's a purest cherry bomb in the sense. It doesn't matter who he plays. If all of a sudden works in a day, things are wonderful. He'll, he'll shut out so, the
0: Twins, and then right. you know, on an uh, AL Central stand, face the Tigers the next time and give up seven. And it's more matter. on Alcantara than the Twins or the Tigers yep. at that point. That's a great call. uh One last thing and you know, I think a weekly mention of him on one of the podcasts. Any, any concerns about Caleb Smith? He's been a little wobbly his last three. Yeah, so, uh, uh,
1: well, it's it's less, it's two of the last three. He had eight Yeah, the, the, and the, the killed middle the last one time. in there
0: at San Diego it, was It's perfect. funny.
1: It's like I could hear the the laugh of Justin Mason during last night because <laughs> it was Miller Park. Yep. And he allows two and home three runs. homers. Yeah, and two three. in the first inning. Yeah. And and then a third uh, to Mustakis, I believe, in the third inning. A second one to Moose. And... It was just—I mean, it's funny to me. He allows two homers in the first inning, and then it's like four innings of one and run ball, and you know it's—it's it's okay. Uh, obviously, he's not strike—he didn't uh, miss as many bats yesterday. His fastball was actually one of the lowest we've seen. Uh, and you're probably wondering, well, hey, hold on, how low are we talking? And was it also low in that five-run run game that he had before? No, it wasn't. It was 90.9 miles per hour yesterday, uh, and with the other game he cruised to like eight strikeouts and two and runs or whatever. Uh, I'm not worried. I think this is really just one of those days. It, it sounds like to me like the Lucas Giolito start almost, where Giolito wasn't prepared and he yes. allowed the three run homer in the first and then killed it after. And yep. while Caleb didn't kill it after, it did feel he like wasn't he wasn't he wasn't prepared. He wasn't warmed up or whatever. It could have been something like going on the road. I don't know, but I'm not. This is not like oh yeah, we should have been selling high on Caleb Smith for months or something like that.
0: Four straight road starts, too. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's a good tough, point. tough, man. Yeah, you and know, also, yeah, uh, not, at, not Miami. That's where, where we like Caleb Smith. Exactly. That's where his fantasy value started was, like, always use him at Miami and then kind of spot him there. Yeah, I'm not really worried either. And I think there's a tendency to overreact when these when these um, big risers start to have a couple of bad starts. And it's like, well, give them Definitely, a break. Yeah. right? Because, uh, you know— they were never going to maintain their sub-three ERA, or at least that should have never been the expectation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried either. I just I did just want to bring him up, though, because it has been a little bit wobbly, particularly with the home runs, which was always um, Justin's big issue yeah, as far no, as, no, as no. what he was going back at there. So I'm glad to talk about him. He survived Milwaukee. I mean, anytime you come out of Milwaukee without act- – just totally implanting or uh, face planting. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool with it. So uh, he's fine. I'm still starting Caleb Smith without issue. He's not coming out of my uh, must start tier right now for a while. I'd have to see a lot more. Trouble, oh, yeah. So. 100%.
1: And can I just make face floating a thing? That just sounds yes. good. That, yes. that sounds really good. You
0: oh, no. I face floated. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, well, Nick, weekend's coming up. You got anything, got anything going on? Uh I'm gonna try and watch more games. I've been
1: I've been lacking a little bit on that. I gotta do it. I just I just gotta sit down and just watch baseball. You yeah,
0: know? I um, same actually because uh girlfriend's out of town. She's mm. on a business trip um for EA play. She works for EA. So yeah, free and clear here. Um after I do we doing we're doing this, doing my chat, and then I'm streaming. And then tomorrow I even told my streamers like, yes, I'm gonna be available all day, but I am watching baseball all day. Just like me and Charlotte chilling, watching baseball. <laughs> nice. Dialed in with the iPad, the computer, and the TV. I just want to get into some games because yep. a lot of my game watching right now is re-watching in the morning, taking in starts and whatnot, which is fine. But I do love to just sit down. And, you know, I actually really like the MLB Tonight Show, too. They're basically their version of Red Zone where they're just yeah. bouncing around and, and analyzing things, too. If you get the right desk, that's a really enjoyable show. So hopefully – uh, tomorrow I get again I get a fun group there that I can that I can hang with but yeah it's going to be a baseball filled weekend here as I'm as I'm flying solo I mean, for a bit
1: I mean I mean looking forward to Price and then Giolito and then Grinky and Pavetta is going at, Pavetta goes at 4 but I have those guys once an hour which is fantastic I like so, that So looking forward to that it's going to be a good day
0: I'm really excited about uh uh Pavetta returning to our could yeah, we'll easily see. be kind of like the post hype you know he had all the hype Coming into the season, he goes he down. Is, everyone kind of quits. He is what him. we think he is, though. This is no. I, I agree. He's, he's, I, I have no unruly expectations. Yeah. yeah right. Okay.
1: No. I mean, I, I know you don't. It's uh, I even if he does well tomorrow. I just for clarification, I don't think I'm going to change any of my ranks with him. I just I can't Not without an extended period. Of, right. It's uh, it'll be his like, third I start. It even changes. yeah, yeah. We saw the first one being volatile
0: too. So, All right. Well, we'll that's going to wrap us up, Nick. Great talking with you. And we'll be back next week. Always a pleasure hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.